So thank you for joining me for episode two of the Shorter Speaks With podcast. My name is Shorter Dunbar, and I hope everyone is well. This week, I spoke with uh, indie author Steve Ince about his fantasy novel Blood and Earths and his children's book The Quintin Quads. He also spoke to me about the history and mythology of York City, as well as the ley lines in York City, and how uh, they came about in the book of Blood and Earth. And he also gave advice on how to edit and publish a book as an indie author and much more as well. So please enjoy. So I am joined by author Steve Ince, who is going to talk to us about his books. Uh, first of all, how are you, Steve? How are you doing today? I'm very good, thank you. And it's a pleasure to be here yeah, uh, to chat with you. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be talking to you again. We, uh, it's not the first time we're speaking. Um, so if there are any fans of maybe the Adventure Games podcast or of uh, the Broken Sword video games, and you want to hear us discussing game development and Broken Sword um, beneath the sea of sky, you can hear us talk about that in the link below or in the link in the show notes. But because today we're going to talk about other stuff you've done, other work you've done, because you're uh, you do other things. You've written books and you've, um, you know, done a few other things, which I'm looking forward to discussing with you. Um, so I suppose the, the main thing we can discuss, or one of the things we can discuss, is your novel that you've just released. And I, I'm going to get the name wrong, even though I'm currently reading it, as I told you <laughs> before we started recording. Uh, it is uh, Blood and Earth. You have perfect. <laughs> <laughs> so, blood, blood the, and earth. Those who can't see us, I, I just held them up a box on my camera. <laughs> I, I'll actually, I'll actually let you uh, tell because you. I hope you know more than, than I do, even though I'm currently reading it. So, first of all, what is the name of the book? And if, I wonder if you could tell us, uh, Jenny, what is the, the general story? What is the plot and setting of the book? Right. I'll, I'll just read off the blurb from the back. No. <laughs> if you want to read from the book, you called, can as well. <laughs> um, well, maybe another time. Um, the book is called Blood and Air. And the reason for that is that the um, it has dual, dual protagonists um, who are both um, magicians. One uses blood magic and the other um, uses earth magic. And this is all kind of explain as it's used by the two characters in the book. Um, and what they what they discover um, initially is that there, there is a demon um, operating nearby to where they live, which is um, in the historic city of York um, in, in the UK. And, you know, sort of basically you, the two characters kind of like go to investigate, you know, sort of like this demon and then get drawn in, into something much um, deeper and darker and kind of relates back to um, someone that they thought had long since been dealt with mm -hmm. and is kind of like making a making a comeback kind of thing <laughs> but you know sort of you know that there are there are other characters they, they have you know kind of a group of friends who are who are magical or involved with the magical community in some way um, like we have a, a, a guy called Finley who is um, a quarter troll because <laughs> his mother's half troll and, and so um, but he's, he's, a, he's a big strong guy and, and 
has lived for about 150 years or something like that. I forget exactly how old he is now. I did I did jot it down somewhere. But they get but basically the two characters um are called um Joshua Pope, who's two thousand two hundred years old and has been on earth um banished from his home world, um which is another you know kind of like parallel um universe time kind of thing as in you know fantasy realm as it were um known as the shadow dominion and he's been um living on earth all that time and for the past 700 years he's been trapped in the city of york um the 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 ancient walls of york are effectively acting like a big trap that keep him um trapped in inside the 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 old city um and he doesn't know how to break that trap <laughs> oh he's, he's, he's trying many times. um and then um fair bishop uh who is the earth magician um she's been around for just over 400 years um and she actually <laughs> was um burnt at the at the, uh, at the stake as a witch um and how she how she <laughs> escaped that is actually um part of the second book <laughs> oh, <laughs> what i have planned for the second book so although um the first book is is basically you know kind of them trying to deal with this this you know old foe of theirs um the 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 story takes place not i mean it's 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 more or less set in in present day but it keeps having these these sections which which kind of occur in the past uh the first being um in the 1950s um so we'll go back to 1950s york and how they how they deal with um the the, the first appearance of this guy um and, and the people involved with that and there are kind of there are the fair are involved the local police are involved um you know sort of and and you know the other magicians and and, and so on um and it's quite it's quite powerful and dangerous and you know sort of lots of blood is thrown around yeah, it, seems like, it seems like york is a very dangerous place for these magical beings from what i've read yeah yeah it is who'd have known that's it in i in in york is dreadful <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the beauty of York is that it has such a long history. You, you know, it, it, there are so many really old buildings and, and, and you know, kind of little hidden places and, and stuff like this. You've got these ancient walls. Um, you've got so much, you know, so much history, basically, you know, about the place. Um, and, you know, sort of like, a lot of urban fantasy is, is, you know, kind of like set in really big cities, you know, like London in particular. You know, if you look at, you know, kind of like the Rivers of London series, which which are very good, but you know, mm. kind of it it uses London very much as its its you know its core. And I wanted to move, you know, sort of like move away from a big city. I mean, York's not small, but it's certainly a lot smaller than London. <laughs> I just wanted something you know sort of like that that could evoke you know a lot of people go and visit york and and, and fall in love with it so i thought well, well why not set set this here and the two characters 
um, just just sit so nicely within that because you know sort of like um, there is supposedly a ley line that that travels under the York Minster. You know, um, if if you know anything about ley lines, you know there's supposed to be these lines of power, and and it's quite incredible actually, um, because if you go on onto the top of of York Minster, um, you know, climb all these hundreds of steps up to the up to the top, you can go onto onto the roof of the of the tower, and have a good look round, and it's it's quite quite a good view, um, but if you actually look in the in the direction of where where the river foss meets the river ooze there is a direct line of churches <laughs> you see all these church steeples yeah and, and they're all on they're all on the ley line which is is wow quite fascinating you know sort of and, and you can just see this and it's quite spooky when you kind of realize you know sort of how exactly on the ley line all these churches are <laughs> well and very strange yeah because i i don't uh i haven't read much urban fantasy fiction myself from, from what i know is that a lot of them are set in the united states or in london as you mentioned but i don't know any that are set in york <laughs> and i'd use york as uh you know like another character <laughs> that yeah, uh, yeah. that you, you mentioned as well which is kind of fascinating with the history of york as well um as as you mentioned as well and with, with the ley lines as well does the does the, the churches does the steeples come into play um in the book at all or is that just something that you found that, certainly not in this um in this first book um i think there's too many other things going on um <laughs> yeah, there's a lot going on <laughs> further down the line it's 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 very possible that, that all this will come in you know so the, there's 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 a lot of history not not just in York, but in the area as well. I mean, Fair Bishop um, is actually based on a character um, called Old Woman Green, who um, I, I, I live in a small town called Pocklington, and Old Woman Green was the last person to be burned alive as a witch in, in England. Um, and it just fascinated me that. So I've kind of used that as, as Fair Bishop's starting point in you know as as her character um and and you know sort of <coughs> like a lot of these things i think that she was wrongly accused of being a witch um and from what i can gather that a lot of people just kind of you know grabbed her and pulled her into the street threw a load of wood around her and set her on fire and it's like oh my god that's just awful yeah, she's know, a witch <laughs> just people, an awful thing but it's, it's still quite a nightmare so so you know so that will a variation of that will will, will come into the second book or what i have planned for the second book okay um, well you're actually answering all my all my questions so that's great it's like you can read my mind <laughs> um so so well, then it's sort of things that I would ask if I, you know. So yeah, so you know, you know, Dan, you can. It's like you can definitely read my kind of interviewer mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, so, so, sorry if I'm, I'm stealing. No, you. it's great. It's <laughs> we want to hear from you, not not from me. <laughs> so <laughs> less from me, the better. Um, so so Dan, you spoke about you know the the history of your kind of the the character, and so presumably did some research for the book because, as you mentioned, some of the chapters are set in. Uh, historic time, like 1950s. And so what, what kind of research did you do? Did you do research for a setting in that time in York, what York was like, what 
I don't know what uh, the buildings were like or what people, how people spoke or anything. Or... Um, I think that, that um, I mean, I, I did do some, you know, sort of like reading about, you know, like the history of York and, uh, and such as this. But also because York is such an old uh, place, um, a lot of the buildings that are around today were around in the 50s and, and, and you know, hundreds of years ago, you know. The, that, that's handy. You know, so there's, there's a lot of houses, you know, even ordinary, you know, ordinary houses. I mean, there's been a lot of new buildings. I mean, every city has that. But within the city walls, you know, kind of like there's still a lot of, of, of very old, you know, houses and, 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 and the like. And I think, and that is really kind of like what I went for, you know, kind of like, um, you know, sort of like the, the, the old terraced houses, the, you know, sort of like, they're often, they have a big, big imposing feel, you know, modern terrace house, you know, if, you, if you're building a terrace house these days, there'd be a lot, um, a lot more squat, you know, whereas they used to build houses with really tall ceilings and, 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 you know, sort of like big imposing front doorways and things like this, you know, and and I love that kind of aspect of it, you know, can, you know, and I think that anywhere, if you lived anywhere with with, you know, a lot of old houses and stuff. I mean, I I, I come from Hull, which is which is only you know sort of like thirty minutes down the road kind of thing, and you know, and you know there, there was a lot of old areas there. I mean, a lot of it got bombed in the war. Mm. Uh, and so there's a lot of you know regeneration and so on, but um, certainly a lot of the the houses where where I lived were were kind of like you know from from Victorian times I think they they originated, and so you kind of have these old settled houses, um, and they kind of have a character of them the, themselves, and I think that all these old cities have that you know they have these kind of like you know. Ter terraced houses or even you know if, if they're kind of like single you know collections of single houses they all have this kind of because they've been there such a long time it's 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 really you know they have this this kind of character that they've, they've you know they've got they've gone through so many different you know kind of like families maybe who've lived there that have They've de been decorated and redecorated however many times. The gardens have grown and regrown and, and stuff like this. And so you just get this, this, this great kind of old feel that, that's full of character. And, and hopefully some of that comes out in, in my approach. Um, uh, I think it does. I mean, if you take some liberties, I mean, it's not, <laughs> it's not um, entirely, I mean, you, you have to, when you're kind of like creating a, a fantasy of this nature, you have to kind of like say, well, this is how York is. I need to make some twists and changes and adaptations to, to, um, to make it, you know, fit with the, with, with the, the stories I'm trying to sell, to tell. And um, <clears throat> and I think that that you know sort of if you can blur the line between you know the fact and the fiction, then then you know that helps because people are never fully sure you know which bits are the made up <laughs> bits. Hopefully, 
Yeah, no, that's the sense that I get reading the book because I've never, I haven't yet been to York. I really want to once this pandemic ends, you know, just to go traveling yeah. again if I was meant to go. But I feel like I am there when I'm reading your book. You know, it's, you can tell that you, you know, you obviously know that the, the city and, the, you know, that you, that you love the city as well, that it feels like its own character. And then with the history of it as well, it really is, you know, it's, just, it's a fascinating place. And definitely, after reading this book, I really want to go there and even do a tour of the of the places that are in the book. <laughs> so, um, and wh why did so? This is an urban fantasy. Um, yeah. Are you a fan of urban fantasy in general? I'm presuming you are. But why did you decide to write this book as an urban fantasy? Because I mean, there's a bit of historical fiction, you know, as we just talked about. Um, but what what drew you to uh, urban fantasy? What what appeals to you about this uh, this kind of story? It's just genre rather. Yeah, I quite like the idea that that you know, sort of magic and and mythical creatures and stuff don't need to be you know kind of like um, just kept to to like high fantasy or, or however you might might draw it. You know, kind of like all the Tolkien esque stuff. I mean, Tolkien is brilliant, and you know, sort of the, there's been lots of great you know pure fantasy you know novels over the years. Um, and but you know, so I also quite like the idea that that you've got a fantasy within, um, you know, the 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 real world, in in quotes, if you like, um, you know, because obviously it's it's not the real world. The real world doesn't, you know, these things don't exist. Um, you know, oh, so, sorry. I hope that's not a spoiler. <laughs> God damn it! Um, these stories don't exist. And these demons um, that they fight, <laughs> probably better I, off, actually. <laughs> I think, you know, sort of like we, we, we live in a world of mythology, um, you know, kind of it's everywhere, isn't it? In a sense that, that you know, kind of like, you know, lots of different cultures have their own mythologies and, you know, sort of, I mean, um, I mean, <laughs> it's, it's, I think that, that we've, you know, sort of like if you accept that that you know, kind of like this is is a possibility, you know, within within a fictional world, then um, you know, sort of I think it can lead to all kinds of, of 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 stories. Basically, you know, it's kind of like the conflict between what we would say is the real world and this this magical world, which is somehow you know, kind of kept secret in, in, in some way or other. And I mean, I, I read, I read quite a bit, you know, sort of like books about, you know, real werewolves and, you know, kind of, um, you know, magicians of, of all sorts. I mean, I, I, I quite like the, the Harry Dresden books. I don't know if you've I, I was going to mention them. I haven't read them, but I know of them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, what I like about Harry Dresden, <laughs> I mean, apart from the quality of the, the storytelling and the characters and stuff like this, is the fact that, <laughs> you know, sort of like nothing is ever so bad that it can't get worse. <laughs> you know, it kind of, Jim Butcher, who writes the books, just piles it on. He really kind of like, poor, poor Harry Dresden, he, you know, kind of like really goes through the mill in every, every novel. And yet, you know, in spite of, you know, amazingly overwhelming odds, you know, he's, um, he, he still comes out the winner, you know, and 
and you're really kind of it's one of those kind of things that you're going <gasps> and you're holding your breath while he's while he's fighting whatever you know sort of like um monster is 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 coming at him you know <laughs> and you can guarantee that he's just he's just fought off one monster and turns the corner and there's another one even worse you know and it's i just i just love that that kind of like clever you know kind of non-stop writing where where you know sort of he's really up against it and and and, and I, th I think there's an element of that in in blood on earth as well definitely it feels similar like that in in blood on earth that they just fought off one monster and now there's a there's another one who's bigger and you know <laughs> scarier and yeah. then things happen to them or not even a monster but you know it happens at the very beginning i don't think well don't want to give any spoilers but you know when they go through a portal but then something happens that uh, now they're stuck in this place i don't want to give too much away but another thing happens that they don't expect and they have to kind of deal with that and try and get out of that that it's, it seems like nothing really goes right for them but they're not you know they're, they're clever people <laughs> and then like they're they're able to you know they're, they're like, okay let's let's do this now and another interesting thing about the book is how the characters how faye bishop then how when that thing happens that's uh, again i'm trying to dance around this or probably shouldn't <laughs> say too much but how you know people get into her mind if you will and i thought that was very interesting <clears throat> yeah, uh, but yeah. <laughs> i'm trying to dance around that for for fear of spoilers but <laughs> no, I, I know exactly what you mean i mean I, i'm not a fan Dude. of you know sort of like spoilers and and, and, mm. and so on and it annoys me when you know, sort of like with some programs on the on the TV, you get you know at the end it goes next time on, and you think what? No, yeah. I don't want to. You've just you've just created the perfect um, you know cliffhanger. Now you're going to ruin it with by telling us what's going to happen next time. I I agree entirely. I stop watching. I try to you know with something like Homeland or The Walking Dead or anything yeah. like that. When I say next time on. Well, wherever, and I'm like, no, no, turn it off now, turn it off, yeah, because sometimes yeah, I'm, they, I'm generally, they generally yeah, spoil it. Could change channel or something like this? Yeah, yeah because there's a character who you think is going to die or is imprisoned, and the next thing you see that they're outside of the prison in the. Yeah. <laughs> but um, but but yeah, so no, definitely, I'm really enjoying uh, this book, Blood, Blood and Earth. You know, I love the, the the characterizations as well, and the two characters they have great chemistry together. That you can tell that they clearly, you know, they know each other. You know, you mentioned for hundreds of years. Um, so this is, uh, you mentioned that this is a series that you're planning on because, I mean, the title is the first Bishop and Pope novel. So I hope that there, there will be more to come. And you mentioned that as well. That's my intention. I've got the second one kind of mapped out. There's a kind of section about three quarters of the way through that I need to get, I need to rejig a little um but i kind of know where how it's going to end i know you know the, most of the characters are going to be in it and and you know everybody dies you know. <laughs> <laughs> or, or was it all a dream was it all was there were blood and bishop and pope or one of them in a dream or in a coma and they wake up and it's all <laughs> <laughs> well there is there is a dream involved actually is there um, oops I should... <laughs> but, um, they're also um some very dangerous people from from uh pope's past as well interesting and do, do you know how <laughs> many books you you're planning yet to write in the series or are you still um on that? i've got i've got some tentative ideas for for at least a couple more after that and and maybe beyond that you know sort of it's it's kind of 
whether it all comes together in the right way. Um, because some, someone said to me, um, the stakes are very high in this for a first book. How are you going to, <laughs> how are you going to up the ante in, in, in any further ones? Oh, you don't know me very well then. <laughs> oh, as I say, I, I like the, I like the Dresden Files because, you know, sort of more and more just gets thrown at the guy. And I think that there's an element of that with, <clears throat> with these characters and, and then and the second book will be the greatest stakes. Well, because they just keep raising. It's, it's a bit like with the Avengers, with Thanos, just basically, well, spoiler, kill, spoiler for this movie that came out two years ago, killing, <laughs> <laughs> killing the half, half the planet. And then it's like, okay, where do we go now? <laughs> it's built up. But you seem to know what, what you're doing and where you're going with it, at least. So, um, yeah, yes. I, think, I mean, the characters are pretty powerful as, as magicians go. But then you'd expect that, seeing as have been around for, well, one of them two millennia and the other one four decades, yeah, four centuries. So, you know, sort of if they were powerful after all that time, you know, sort of there'd be something wrong. So the people that they come up against have got to be, you know, more powerful because you know there's two of them so yeah. you know so so when they fight the fair or the <clears throat> or the people from you know other people from the the shadow dominion or, or what have you they've, they've you know got to be pretty powerful otherwise it's a bit of a joke <laughs> so the um, end of the novel very quickly then <laughs> yeah yeah and it's not like they don't have the weaknesses um you know sort of like you know, fair as as mm. as you've just come across is kind of um, got an aversion to flames. <laughs> yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, I would like it myself, but particularly her. <laughs> um, so, um, so there's you know, and um, obviously you know, sort of like Pope has to have blood, you know, liquid blood to mm -hmm. to use his magic. So you know, sort of like unless he's going to keep cutting himself, he needs to kind of have some some source of blood available. So you know, yeah, it mustn't be very comfortable just to keep cutting yourself too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, and then again, without any spoilers, I don't know if you can answer. Do, do we get to? I know you mentioned that in the second book we'll find out a bit more about. Uh, Faye, who is, you know, burnt on the stake, but do, do we get to find out a little bit more about their history, you know, about Bishop's history as well, because he's been around here for 2,000 years, as you mentioned. Do we find out, or do they talk about um, his time on Earth, you know, all that time? Do we find out a little bit more, or do you just keep going yes. forward? Yes. yes? Okay. The, the, the second book will actually start with a scene that, that occurs just before he is banished to where two thousand okay. years ago. You know. Uh more more of a prologue scene, you know, sort of um but then then we'll come back to present day and then we'll have some more, you know, kind of I'm reluctant to call them flashbacks because the more it's the more parts of the story set in the past. Yeah. Than than, than proper flashbacks. Um, it's a kind of non-linear narrative, I guess. If you, if you yeah, that's probably. The, I think that because yeah, no, I agree. They're not really, from what I'm reading, they don't appear to be flashbacks. At least the part that I'm at now, like it doesn't seem to be like the characters remembering this part. It it still seems to be part 
of the flow of the story. Um, you know, how they got, you know, how they got met each other and we get to know a little bit more about them. But um, as I said, I'm not finished yet. So. Yeah, no. Um, but, but, I mean, the stories that take, take place in the past, you know, kind of like use the use these other characters you know the friends of, of bishop and pope in in ways that make sense you know and they, they become important characters um in those in those parts of the tale and i think you know um i think characters are so important to this kind of story you know you want to feel for these characters you want to kind of like try and understand their relationships with one another and how how best they they, they all come together you know sort of like I mean, they're going to have the differences. They're going mm -hmm. to have. You know, so. Oh yeah, Finley and Pope have their differences, all right? Which is fun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. Do you know more or less when you might release the second? Because the first book, we probably should have mentioned that the first book is available now. I mean, I'm reading it, so. But do you do you have any idea when the second book uh, might be available? Do you have any plans? Um, not at this stage no um i've got to tweak a few things with the outline before i can really kind of like go into it i mean there are bits of it that are that are more or less written but other bits need to kind of tie in better and, and so on so i mean it's not like i'm I, you know once i've done the outline i will have to go then do the whole, the whole thing from scratch i mean there are substantial bits of it all, all already written um but it's got to kind of like tie together in, in a in a in a proper novel way if you know what i mean <laughs> sure i mean I, I think i do now you're you're the writer so i trust but i think i think i understand that you know to make the story flow you know kind yeah of in, yeah in a sense you know sort of like that the, there are bits that are almost standalone so i've got to make sure that the don't come across as a collection of bits that they've got to kind of like fit together as a novel than, sure than, you know and and, and that's <clears throat> and that's what i've got to do really <laughs> sure well be best of luck i look forward to the to the second one and now you're also uh, i believe this novel was released independently uh was it this you released this independently um as paperback for, sorry is that correct first of all did you did you release it independently uh, yes, um, yes. Okay. I, published it, I published it myself. Uh, okay, so yeah, that's what I mean. So, I mean, so how was that? You know, how was how was that um, uh, experience uh, for you? So, for anybody listening who wants to to write a, a novel or a book and release independently, um, how did you you go about it? Was there is there any advice you can give to people who want to go that route? Um, I mean, one of the things that I've I've learned over the years. Um, is to be very self-critical without being um, negative, if you know what I mean. If, if I, I, I'm very good at reading my own stuff and then looking at it and going, now nah, I can make that better. I can, you know, if I use this word instead of that, or if I, you know, kind of like move, I might, you know, say, oh, move a whole chapter into, or get rid of a chapter. I'm not kind of like precious of, of anything that I write you know if it's if it needs changing it needs changing and if it um, if I think it can be improved I will improve it or I'll, I'll endeavor to <laughs> um, and I think that you've got to learn 
to be that. You've got to be your own editor. Um, I mean, sometimes you have to put something aside for for a few months in order to kind of come at it with fresh eyes. You know, so you can't you can't sort of like finish you know the last page of your book and then go immediately back to the beginning and expect to 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 you know look at it with a critical eye an editorial eye so you might have to you know put it to one side for a, a little while in order to to you know kind of like do that and i think that um <clears throat> i mean a lot of people you know kind of use friends and, and, and stuff like this and you know and show show early drafts to them and say you know what do you think of this and and, and one of the troubles with that is that you either have friends who, you know, can go, oh, it's great, that's wonderful. And, you know, sort of, whilst that's nice, you know, sort of yeah. get that. You know, you, you want somebody who can say, oh, that's good, but, you know, I, I didn't understand that character's motivation or, you know, kind of, are these two characters exactly the same person, really, you know, kind of thing, or, or whatever else is going on. I didn't understand that plot point or, you know, kind of, isn't there a plot hole here, you know? you haven't explained this or something like that and and you know a lot of friends and family are not kind of <clears throat> um you know sort of like maybe willing to do that you know kind of maybe they don't they're, they're worried about upsetting you or, or something yeah they, they don't feel too critical i imagine hmm. you know sort of and, and and so you know sort of people do resort to to you know kind of like services which kind of will take a novel and, and write your report you know kind of like oh this character's good this one is you know sort of is is less so you know kind of like the, the story didn't make sense or it made sense up to this point and, and so on yeah no I, I i know that some authors some independent authors what they do is they have their own group of people say on facebook or so or other social media sites of advanced yeah. readers uh, who are not friends or family who are completely you know independent <laughs> um and so they send them to books uh before it's released to go through it to be their editors to you know check for any uh typos or as you mentioned to say you know does this plot point or motivations make sense um i was wondering if, if you would be if you were thinking of doing that to yourself in future or if you're are you happy to do to continue doing um, it this way like for anybody else listening as well um yes yeah, certainly i mean you know, one of the things that, 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 you know, kind of, I, you know, did, I, I got a lot of, of very helpful advice, um, you know, kind of like there's, there's a couple of areas where, you know, kind of like people thought that Bishop wasn't as well developed as, as Pope. So I had to put a lot of work into balancing that. Mm. Um, and, and, you know, sort of like you do need, you know, somebody with, with a good eye for these things, um, you know, kind of will read something and go, yeah, yeah, that was, that was brilliant. But, you know, or, you know, <laughs> but they need to be honest, um, but not just for the sake of brutality. They need to be honest in a constructive way. Of course. Um, and, <laughs> not and, just this sucks. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah, not very I mean, helpful. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Although you get it, don't you? You know. Um, and I think that that you know, so like we all we all develop these like little circles of people that we know and and and, and trust the opinions of and and so on. 
and and I think that that's quite vital. Um, but at the same time, you've also got to be able to trust your own judgment as well, you know. But you can't just go, you can't just write something and go, oh, yeah, that's brilliant, um, because it never is. You know, it's not like the first time you write something, it's never brilliant. You know, I mean, even you know, sort of like the great great authors, you know, will 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 tell you that. You know, sort of because they need to they need to revise and edit and you know kind of rework things constantly you know i mean a, a big part of writing is rewriting and editing you know and anybody who shies from that is is fooling themselves really um i mean blood and death went through about nine drafts Wow, <laughs> I I was happy with it. Yeah, well, that's 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 the way it is, you know. I mean, the final draft was was more of a polish. I mean, it wasn't like I, I rewrote everything, and, and most of the drafts were like that. Um, but you still need to to revisit and revisit, you know, and kind of you know be quite um, forceful with yourself, you know, if you if you. If you're in love with the idea of writing, which I think that there are some people like that, you know, they're kind of like, oh yeah, you know, sort of, I just want to sit down at my at my computer or, or what have you and, and, and type away um, and think that that's, that's all it is. Then, you know, sort of, they're never going to get very far because you need to do so much more than that. You need to, oh, excuse me, you need to put in the the hours just, just polishing and editing and, and, and refining every, everything about it. Um, I mean, there are, there are going to be things that slip through the cracks. You're going to have the odd phrase that maybe doesn't quite read as well as it should uh, and stuff like this. But I think that, that, you know, the more that you can put in to, to make things clear and, and, and so on and, and, and make your characters kind of come off, you know, leap off the page, then, then the better. True, no, that's, that's good advice for any budding authors out there or writers. Uh, just a write, rewrite, rewrite, rewrite. <laughs> and um, I mean, obviously, you, you can't do that forever. So you sure, need to, to be finished at one point, I imagine. Yeah, yeah, you've got to, you to draw a line. Um, and it's, it's, it's being brave about drawing that line in a sense. Just releasing it out into the wild. It's because uh, I believe that someone yeah. I read said that uh, creative, you know, something creative is never finished. It's just you know you you just stop writing it or you stop doing it and then you just uh, put it out there. I think if we're thinking about a painting or something, I think we could probably say with say with writing or or filmmaking or game yeah. Yeah. making. I imagine. <laughs> yeah, because you. you you constantly grow as a person, mm. you know, sort of like, you know, even someone as, as old as me. <laughs> oh, we're always learning. <laughs> and, and, you know, if, if you don't change and grow and, and, and develop, um, then, then as a day you would stagnate. And I think that creativity is, is about avoiding that. It's about looking for new ways to, to express yourself. You know I mean? The novel as, as, as an art form has been going for centuries, but we're still finding new ways to, to you know, present ideas and, and stories and, and characters and so on within that, that format. And, um, you know, so we, we, we've just got to keep pushing. And I think that, that if you ever stop developing, 
then then you really should you know kind of like look at yourself and say well why why am i why am i not kind of like getting better with my writing why am i not mm. you know developing these characters better and so on no, definitely now if one of the ways that at least uh it's you know books have changed is the advent of the ebook over the last uh mm-hmm. 10, 20 years. A lot of friends who still have not ever read a Kindle or an ebook, they refuse. They say, no, I want to read just uh, normal books, real books. I love the smell of the pages as I read them, you know, at night, which is fair. And I try to get them into ebooks, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it's like talking to a wall. I can't. <laughs> so what is your opinion as an author and as a, as a reader? Um, what, what, uh, what is your opinion on ebooks and Kindles as well versus uh, paperback books? Do you, do you think there should be, uh, should I say, a competition? Do you think there's a place for both in this world? Or yeah, um, you know, I, I, personally, you. I personally <laughs> love you know print print books, hmm. um, and you know, sort of like if I had more room in the house, that's all I would read. <laughs> But I, I, I got a Kindle and I've started reading Kindle books just, just for the fact that, you know, I'm running out of shelf space. <laughs> you know, there's, it, it, there's only so many trees the world can, can lose, I think. <laughs> um, so, so, I mean, I like, I like the physicality of a book, being able to flip yeah. back and forth through the pages. You know, you sort of like, you know, a good thick book you know, has, has, has a great feel in your hands, doesn't it? You know, kind of, I've just recently read The Wizards of Once by Cressida Cowell. Um, and that's just a huge book. For a kid's book, it's a huge book. Um, and it just feels great in your hands, you know, and you're flicking through it because it's, it's got loads and loads of illustrations in it. And you just, I don't know, I keep flicking back and forth just to see the illustrations. And, uh, and, and it's so difficult to do that with mm. um, a Kindle. You know, you can't. It's difficult, you know, flicking back and forth. The if there are illustrations in the book, then they don't seem to come across as well. But having said that, you know, it's just convenient. You know, having a Kindle with, with dozens of, of books, you know, that you can jump between if you need to, you know, any time is 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 fabulous. Yeah. Um, so so there's a lot to be said about both, I think. And and one of the things that I've tr- tried to do with with my recent books that I've released is keep the Kindle price as low as I can. I mean, bearing in mind that I still want to make a profit, but within of that, it's kind of there's there's a certain minimum price that, that that you know kind of Amazon allow and and so on. So I kind of got I've got to go above that, make a bit of profit, but but not too high. I think I've seen some Kindle books that, that are almost the same price as the paperback. And you think, you know, really? really? Yeah, I don't understand that myself either. There's no print, printing costs, there's no distribution costs or anything, you know. And, and, and I think that that's a little odd um, in my mm. view. But there again, you know, sort of I'm, I'm, not, I'm not everybody else. <laughs> but yeah, so, so, you know, sort of, I don't want to try and, and, you know, make unnecessary profit. I want to make profit, but at the same time, you know, sort of if they're buying it on the Kindle, then, then you know, I think it should be for less than, than the paperback. No, that's, 
that's fair enough. I mean, you, you say Kindle is uh, convenient and fabulous. I would say it's also dangerous as a reader because it's so easy to buy books on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one yeah, click it's, 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 <laughs> series of books or any other books and you finish it and go, oh, you want to read the second one? Oh, I really shouldn't, but okay, I'll, I'll buy the second one. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I think I agree with you that I, I love the feel of the paperback and hardback books but i mainly use a kindle i mean when i'm traveling well when we can travel again after covid um but it's you know i find it very handy or if i'm going to work uh you know on the on the train or the tram or or bus or whatever just take out a kindle and you have all of these books in one place but yeah i think there's yes and it's very slim it's it fits into your pockets or your bag very very conveniently definitely it's uh you know the different sizes as well which um, is great is great and then you you mentioned as well about you know making a profit then and so I wanted to ask you about how as an independent author how do you how do you go promoting the book and getting the word apart from you know going on podcasts or, but, <laughs> but how do you get to, um, the word out about your books if you don't have uh, an agency or an editor to do that work for you you know like someone like Stephen King or um, all these authors have who have companies behind them so an independent author like yourself, how do you go about promoting uh, your work? Um, it, it's way, way more difficult than, than you might first think. I would imagine because, so. Simply because you have to do it all. You know, sort mm. of like, there is no publishing house to help you with it. There is no, um, you know, kind of like there's no marketing department and so on. You, you have to be your own marketing department. And, and so you've got to contact everybody. You know, you've got to try and encourage them to to get the word out on your behalf even if they you know sort of like don't feel like they they, they want to buy it you know maybe they could at least spread the word you know and things like this mm. you know sort of like taking out um facebook ads and 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 you know ads on on the kindle and, and things like this and which you know sort of may sound daunting daunting but um you know facebook you can get a lot of coverage for for like 10 pounds you know you've just got to kind of like batter away a bit um but you know sort of there is no guarantee of course that that, that will lead to anything um and you know so it never stops you've got to keep going you know it's kind of not like you know i've done a bit you know so now now just sit back and wait for it all to happen and and it, it quite doesn't quite work like that um so so yes i mean the opportunity to talk about um books is is you know on on, on such a this is is um you know greatly appreciated because it's you know so like we we've all as authors we've all got to kind of like do our own selling um you know kind of we don't live in a uh, <laughs> a vacuum um we have you know the internet at our disposal you know there are lots of people so so you've kind of got to take advantage of you know, kind of Facebook and Twitter and Instagram and, and whatever else. <laughs> it's almost too many of these things. Which I think you do quite well, actually. As I mentioned before about your other books on, on writing for games, that, as I said, you, you definitely look like you know what you're talking about. You, 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 <laughs> you're knowledgeable that I'm like, oh, you know, this like makes me trust you. That you, you know, oh, I get a book by this guy on game development because he, he seems to be, you know, have been very knowledgeable. And uh, the same when you're promoting Blood and Earth, I was like, oh, this looks interesting. It's an urban fantasy set in York. I haven't come across that before. Um, 
but um but but yeah so uh and then before we you know we finish up because i don't want to keep you too long again i, I said we'll be here 20 minutes we've been here an hour <laughs> that's <laughs> <laughs> it uh, seems to be happening quite a lot lately for these interviews yeah um, I, I, I tend to ramble on a bit <laughs> no no it's it's great you know the more from you the better um but before we finish up you you also mentioned you wrote some is it you wrote some children's books um i believe yes, yes. well I, I, I self I self-published those as well. Um, okay. I mean, the, the, the thing is, you know, I've had, these, I've had these three books on the go for such a long time. And, you know, kind of with the game writing and, 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 and so on. It just never, never really kind of like, they never got off the ground. So, so I thought, you know, with, with the lockdown and, the, you know, kind of like the, the problems that we've been having with the COVID, I thought, right, this is, you know, sort of like the perfect opportunity for me to, to, you know, kind of do something with, with all three of these books, you see. So it was a case of, of taking each one, putting final polishes on onto them, some some you know major major rewrites of the odd chapter here and there and, and, and stuff like this. And, and 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 go from there, which is why, you know, sort of like Blood on Earth came out and then, you know, sort of I've got um the Quinton Quads and the Mystery of Mel Prentice Manor, which is about four ten year old sisters who are all ten years you know they're all ten years old they're, they're they're kind of very alike but very different as well and and you know sort of like I came up with a name you know I don't know almost accidentally really the quins and quads but then I thought that it'd be a great challenge to write <laughs> you know quad characters um who have got to be different at the same time as being very tightly bonded sisters you see and so so i, I started having fun with that and that developed into quite an extent it's, it's about 300 pages novel with illustrations uh, which is quite substantial for for a children's novel um but i think it, it it's kind of like i think you know sort of good for the age group you know eight, eight to twelve years old you know sort of and although the characters are ten you know sort of like the situations are you know they're, they're very adventurous they're very um you know there's, there's the mystery of the manor which they've got to solve um you know kind of like there's there's seemingly dead bodies um and you know kind of like there's a there's a, a vicious beast in in the woods um and, you know kind of and if if you don't realize that they've got very vivid imaginations so not all of this is true <laughs> <laughs> but there is there is a big mystery to the manor and the the woman who, who owns the manor who they refer to as evil evil edith um she hates them and you know they think that she is you know somebody goes missing and they think that she's got them prisoner in in her attic because they see her face at the, at the window uh, in the attic, and that, but they're too far away to see exactly who it is. So they sneak into the house and, and, and try to um, rescue them, which leads them into other, um, you know, a bit a much bigger adventure, um, which they eventually solve the mystery of the, the manor. Um, curious now myself. <laughs> well, um, it got some good reviews. Um, yeah, I, I see that. Um, you know, about six. Six five star reviews, um, you know, really good. Um, 
as I say, I've, I've illustrated it throughout, you know, about 50 illustrations through it altogether, um, which, uh, which were fun to do. Um, and then I wrote a rhyming um, children's book, which is, you know, a picture book, um, which is in full colour, um, and that's called uh, Amanda, Alexander and the Very Friendly Panda. And, I like the um, title. <laughs> you know, sort of, it's, it's, you know, sort of like, you've got, you know, it's, it's, it's all written in verse, all throughout, um, and basically, uh, Amanda meets the panda in the woods and, and he invites her over for, for tea. And so she goes off to prepare and buys him a gift of a, uh, you know, of a scarf. And, and, and then she meets other, other interesting characters along the way. And then, you know, it, it's, it's, it's very kind of, you know, aimed at young children. It's, you know, the illustrations are incredibly colourful. Um, um, the cover is... Oh, sorry, I'm showing the cover. <laughs> well, I, I can describe the cover. I can... <laughs> and, and the, you know, the illustrations inside are very... Are very I, I, can, I can say for people listening that they're very colourful. The illustrations are really, really nice because, uh, I mean, you've got experience as, a, as an illustrator and animator and game developer, which we spoke about a few months ago. But yeah, I can see with, uh, with your book that uh, you showed me, wow, they, they look beautiful. Yeah, and, and people have been very, um, you know, I showed it to a lot of people beforehand to get some, some feedback. And so many people were saying, oh, my God, my grandchildren would love this, or my kids would love this. And, yeah, and, and, and you know, they've been very positive about it. So, so I'm, I'm rather pleased. I'm really pleased the way it's, you know, the colours have come out on the printed version. The, the, the richness of the colours is, is, is really looking good. Absolutely. So, so yeah. So um, if you have young children and, and you like reading to, to them on, a, on an evening, this, this will be perfect for you. Um, well, yes. I'll, I'll include the, the links in the, in the show notes. And the final question before I let you go, because I've kept you here too long, I think. <laughs> I don't want to keep you too, you know, too long. But um, uh, was, it, was it difficult to go from writing children's books to writing the book for our uh, Blood and Earth, uh, which is more, you know, adult uh, kind of, um, you know, was it difficult to kind of change the chip in your head to go, okay, I'm ready for kids. And I mean, not that there's any like swearing or anything that would come across in Blood and Earth, but you know, with, um, you know, with, with the main <laughs> story. <laughs> not that there be a problem or anything, but uh, was, oh. it, was it different to, was, how, you know, how was it to go from writing children's books to writing this book for, for more geared towards more adults? Um. I've never found it difficult doing that. I, I, okay. I guess I can, I'm compartmentalizing <laughs> my mind, and 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 something that that is for blood and earth just obviously doesn't fit into the compartment that is, you know, Quinton Quads, and 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 I'm you know sort of like my mind is very good at separating them out. So so you know sort of like the. the the style I'm writing, the characters I'm writing for, and stuff—you know, sort of—I mean, it, it, I can't switch back and forth, you know, um, within minutes. But you know, if I set a day aside for for the Blood and Earth characters, then then that day is is that, you know. And then the next day, I might switch to to the Quinton Quads or, or or Amanda Alexander, and and I have no problem with that, you know. Sort of, it's. 
you know, sort of in my mind, it's very clear, you know, sort of, and, and I've always been like that, you know, sort of, and, and I think that helps with, with any form of writing that you do, but, you know, kind of like, obviously working on different game projects over the years, you know, kind of like, I've had to switch quite regularly, you know, I might be working on a casual game, you know, kind of one week and then the next week, you know, sort of, I'm, I might be doing some script editing on, on The Witcher or something like this, you know. <laughs> um, I mean, obviously not at the moment, but, you know, in, in the past. And so you have to be able to kind of, you have to learn to, you know, get your mind into a slightly different frame because the characters are, are handled in a different manner, the, the, the situations are different, you know, kind of like the style of gameplay. And so on, and that, and that kind of transfers over into in, 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 into other other forms. So, so you know, kind of like with the novels, you know, I've no I've no problem at all, kind of like keeping the three very separate from each other. And That's good. So you don't accidentally, when you're writing for the children's book, you don't accidentally then put it into to a scene from Blood and Earth. <laughs> <That's> yeah, <laughs> you know, because because I can hold. I can hold that in my mind, you know, that the characters in, in the children's book are the characters in the children's book and the, you know, and, and the situations come from, a lot of it comes from the characters, you know, and if you're very clear about your characters, then, then they will fit in their own world, you know, and, and that is, a, that is a big, you know, it's something I've been very, very, you know, strong on, I think is, is being clear about, the characters that you have and who fits in that world and and the things that are going on in that world um and then you can keep them separate so you know kind of there is no there is no overlap um at all and so my mind doesn't overlap them you know it's just it's just as yeah, I, mean, I make it sound very simple but, but i'm sure that there must be a lot more going on in my head than than perhaps um, it's, it's good you're able to compartmentalize that you're able to know okay this is for this series of books this is for this series of books um so so yeah i mean because i i mean i might be a mess like if i was trying to write different series or different books i might go okay wh which book am i writing again <laughs> but, uh, yeah but i mean i think i think everybody is able to do that to a certain extent because <clears throat> you know the number of different television shows that you might watch true you know, in, in the course of a week, you know, you, you're probably going to, you're probably going to watch maybe a dozen, I don't know, it depends on which TV you watch, I guess. <laughs> but, you know, so, sort of, you know, you might watch, watch, you know, a dozen different shows and you're keeping track of all of them. Um, and it's a similar thing, you know, you, you're just keeping track of your own ideas instead of things that are on the television, you know, and, and, um, you know, it's. I think there's a lot of similarities. So if you can, if you can keep track of, of, you know, The Walking Dead and, you know, The Boys and whatever else is you're watching, and, you know, <laughs> I think that you know, um, I don't think there is. You should have a, an issue with your own ideas, surely. You know, they're yours. You know. That the sort of like your your little, your little <laughs> creations dancing around in your head. Oh, we, we shall see if I ever do something like this. Now with, with two podcasts I'm doing. So. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, <laughs> there are going to be things that that will fit in, into one podcast and not the other. Definitely. You know, 
you'll know that you'll keep it in your you know kind of like in your sphere of of, of um knowledge and, and i don't know approach if you know. <laughs> sure we, we shall see <laughs> yeah i'm uh, sure fine we we shall we shall see but um but anyway, thank you so much, Steve. Before before we go, then uh, where can people find out more more about you if they wanted to know more about the books that you're writing or games that you make or anything that you do? Any uh, time you're going to speak or anything? Uh, do you have a website? Yeah, I mean, you know, so I have my own website, which is Steve uh, hyphen ins dot co uk. Um, and there are sort of like various links to books and games and, and, and stuff like this. Um, but I'm also, I'm also on Facebook and Twitter. Um, not difficult to you know, find on Twitter. It's at Steve underscore Ince and Facebook. And you'll be difficult to find i'm sure well, like, i can include the links in the in the show notes but uh oh right that'd be brilliant uh, yeah. as well but steve it's been an absolute pleasure to speak to you again i hope to speak to you again so we hope to con you to come on the podcast again maybe when you've yeah. uh, released a second blood and earth book or anything else you, you've done because it's a great pleasure speaking to you well the second uh, one's going to be called blood oracle and there is there is an incredibly good reason why it's called that <laughs> curious i'm looking forward to it I know Oracle is 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 quite an overused term in in, mm. in this kind of fiction, but but it's it's very important. Well, I'm, um, I'm sure we'll you know we'll I look forward to finding out more when it's released. So, I hope so. I hope so. so I, be, I better let you go to continue writing that book then, and to you know maybe take take a break. Maybe have the drink of water first after <laughs> everything. Yeah. But. I'll have to stop playing Candy Crush. Then. <laughs> oh, it can be very addictive. Well, thank you so much, Steve, and uh, we'll keep in touch then. Yeah, that's brilliant. Thank you for inviting me again. So that was my conversation with Steve Ince. I hope you enjoyed it. And a huge thank you once again to Steve for joining me. Really enjoyed speaking to him. And if you enjoyed this episode and this podcast, you can help in a number of ways if you wish uh, for free. You can rate and review this podcast. You can rate and review on Apple Podcasts. And you can also go to ratethispodcast.com forward slash Shorter Speaks With. And you can rate uh, in the different places there and review uh, places there as well. The instructions will be there in the link as well. If you so wish, uh, you can write a, a quick one or two line review as well if you wish. Um, if you wanted to become a guest on this podcast and to talk to me for whatever reason, you can. You can contact me at shortespeakswith.com forward slash be my guest and the link will be in the show notes. Um, so next week I will be joined by champion boxer turned cognitive therapist Hazel Gale. So until then, take care everyone. Goodbye.